Hey, y'all. You're listening to Chit Chats with Lonnie, a podcast that was created to unpack some shit while also amplifying black and brown voices. I'm your host, Jelani Weaver, and I hope you're ready to chit chat. Hey, y'all. We're back at it again with another Chit Chats with Lonnie. You guys know I love my LinkedIn connections. Um, and this person is somebody that I've been connected with for a while since my LinkedIn journey. Um, and we we gravitate towards each other. Uh, we talk about similar things. Um, we're always trying to break the barriers down on LinkedIn. And we're. I think you're someone or this person is someone that is like, I feel like tests test things and isn't afraid to say what's on their heart. And I was like, shoot, if they're not afraid to say what's on their heart, then I'm going to say what's on mine, regardless of how people feel. Um, And so I have a good friend, Lisa Hurley, who is anti-racism activist, a writer, speaker, podcaster, and affirmations expert. So, hey, Lisa. Hey, Lonnie. <laughs> I'm so happy to be doing this with you. Thank you so much. I mean, the feeling, everything you said, the feeling is mutual. Um, you know, we've been following each other and connected for a while. And, you know, we're we're friends at this point, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's it's interesting that you said that you take inspiration from me speaking my mind because I take inspiration from you speaking yours as well, you know? <laughs> I think we like test how far we can get with LinkedIn. Like we we test like, okay, let's is this gonna be the post that takes my account down? Because yes, <laughs> yes. I'm always like, and I've gotten to the point where like people don't understand, like people are mean on the internet and people would think like LinkedIn, that's such a, you know, that's where you find jobs and this, that, and other. Like, no, people will bully you and it's crazy. And I've gotten to the point where I'm like one nasty comment and I'm shutting comments down. Like nobody gets to say anything. Uh, That one person ruined it for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have to, you have to protect yourself really, Mm -hmm. because as you said, people will, people will just get on, LinkedIn of all places, all platforms, and say any old thing. Also, it it kind of is amazing to me that they seem to like forget that you know we can see this. Right? <laughs> like your yeah. postmate, we we can see it. Your employers can see it. Your colleagues can see it. You're not being a good person right now, and so yeah, it's it's just it's un- unbelievable that people just do that. But you know, I'm like, okay, fine. You want to say that and say that with your chest. Guess what? I'm going to make a whole post, right? <laughs> so I'm going to make a whole post. I'm going to screenshot you. And then we're going to continue the discussion this way. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it's funny. And I always think to myself, I'm like, you know, y'all know, like I'm in, I'm doing like, you know, I'm helping you get the jobs and, you know, you could possibly be applying to my company one day and you said something just really nasty and somebody could see that. And now mm-hmm. you're blocking your blessings, but hey, do you, if you want to be you. nasty on a Tuesday morning at nine o'clock, yeah. <laughs> be my guest. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't have the patience for it. And you know, there are days where, the, and this is something that you and I both talk about, like the mental health, the emotional aspect, the mental health aspect to it. Is that some days, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to screenshot you and I'm going to make a post and, you know, but that's when, you know, that's, that's spicy Lisa, right? (laughs) But, you know, but we all have another side and there are times where it does get to you, Mm -hmm. right? It does get to you. It does hurt. And, you know, the days where it's like sort of harder to get up out of bed. And then the first thing you see is some, you know, off color comment from somebody. It makes it, it can make it tough emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that goes with not just LinkedIn, but Instagram, Twitter, anything where people can have access to you Mm -hmm. and just say anything to you. I think like, you know, they always say sticks and stones may break your bones, but words really hurt. Like they, they do hurt, you know, (laughs) it just, and it could be somebody that doesn't even have like a profile picture or somebody that their name is all wonky, you know? And it's just a thought of like, wow, somebody doesn't even know me or doesn't know, like, what if that comment was a thing to push me over? Like, you don't know how I woke up this morning. You don't know if I'm paying you, you just don't know what people are going through. And so, yeah, I don't think people think about that. I don't think they care. I don't think they care. Um, and I'm caught between on the one hand wanting to sometimes do, do what you do. I've, I've noticed definitely of late, like you will be, you will turn your comments off. 
I'm like, Lord, I'm like, who who messed with my girl? Who 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 came for her? Who bothered her? But I understand it, right? So I'm caught between wanting to do that. Um, and I'm like, no, let them comment, right? And basically expose themselves. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes I use it as a teachable moment for others to say, hey, here's what not to do. Like if you, yeah. if you, if you are going to try and position yourself as a good human being and an ally and all that other wonderful stuff that you call yourself, this is how not to do it, you know? Yeah. So I guess it, it, you know, and it depends on, like I said, how you feel on a daily basis, how you choose to handle it. Yeah. yeah. And that just goes into like every day, I'm always like, okay, today's going to be a good day. You know, saying those positive things um, and just not trying to let people that don't pay my bills <laughs> affect yeah. how I'm feeling. Um, and sometimes I'll just have to log out of like all social media and just, you know, take a break. You know, if that means for a couple of hours, not, not even click. Because we get so, I think, caught up in the social media world and we forget this real world that we're living in. So I try to like, I'm trying at least to detach myself and stay busy in other ways rather than, you know, opening up my phone every five minutes to, you know, be on some type of social media. TikTok had me in a chokehold for the longest. I would be <laughs> on there for hours and look up and be like, oh my gosh, it's dark outside. Um, right. And just looking at content and it's like some of this stuff isn't even relevant. It's just funny, but that's a whole day <laughs> wasted on your phone, like in your hand. And it makes you think like, what would we do if we didn't have social media, we didn't have our phones or any of that, like, will we be able to live without that stuff? Mm, well, you know, I am, um, I'm a slightly different generation <laughs> than you are. And so therefore, I say that to say that I remember, I know of a time I grew up without having cell phones, right? You know, you just found other stuff to do. Yeah. Now, mind you, there is a tendency, people of older generations, right? There's a tendency to sort of blame, well, you know, these young people don't criticize, just con completely criticize constantly. I don't agree with that. Yeah. Because even though people might spend a lot of time in their phone and on a computer now, well, back in the day, it, it might have been uh, somebody who's reading all the time or somebody mm -hmm. who's, who's in a newspaper all the time or whatever. There's always ways that people have used to distract themselves or to numb themselves or to just not deal with or to entertain themselves, right? So there've always been ways that people have used. And I don't think it's necessarily fair to criticize social media ju just from the perspective of, okay, if we're paying attention to that, what are we not paying attention to? Right. Yeah. Because people have always been able to distract themselves. I think where social media, what makes it worse is that it, it definitely has a, I guess, almost like an addictive component to mm -hmm. it. Right. It has an addictive component to it. And then like you started off by mentioning the bullying, the flip side of it. Right. Uh, the likelihood is, of course, back in the day, you, you know, if you're reading a book, right, nobody's jumping out of the book to make a comment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right that'll be if interesting exactly exactly <laughs> no and and I get that and that's where it's like it's crazy how when you said like social media can it can be a distraction mm -hmm. um and I think that I have learned more like I said from TikTok than I do from the news like I've learned more from social mm -hmm. media than I've learned from other avenues but then there's so much fake stuff out there where it's like you don't know what to believe um yeah and I think it can become a distraction if you don't utilize it the right way or for, I think, like I got named this influencer and I honestly hate that because. <laughs> but you it, do have influence though. Yes. it. Yeah. But like when you think about influencer, you think about, or well, me personally, think about like this snobby person that just, I don't, I just think a snob automatically like influencer, they're too good for everybody, this, that, and the other. And I never want mm -hmm that to be me. I just want to be, I'm out here putting out things that I've learned over the time, over my experiences. I'm 26. And so like I, I have experience, maybe not as much as others, but like my experience is like the now. Um, and I just want everybody to know, like I'm every time. And that's why I made this podcast is to know, like, I'm just figuring things out. Like I'm still navigating through trauma. I'm still navigating through childhood trauma, mm. adult trauma, workplace mm. trauma. I'm still just trying to make it, you know, like you guys may see me smiling or I may say like I am struggling, but nobody ever knows deep down what you're going through, unless you've been through the situation, you know? Right, right. 
And, you know, I, I'm so glad that you brought up the, the topic of trauma because, whew, especially, and especially as, as black women, I mean, of course, everybody experiences trauma to one degree or another in one way or another. But then when you layer on um, our identities as being uh, women and, and being women, I don't know whether you prefer the, the term black or women of color or whichever, but we are part of the global majority and that comes with its with its own specific kinds of trauma, specific kinds of microaggressions that you have to deal with. One of the things that you and I have sort of discussed separately and touched on uh, together from, from time to time is just what I call, you know, just human being trauma, stuff that yeah. you've been through, <laughs> right? Yeah. That is not necessarily uh, connected to race. And I know there's one that you mentioned about, you know, you uh, were in an accident some time ago, right? Mm -hmm. And I was also, I was also, uh, I was hit by a car as well some, some time ago. And so that, that is its own kind of trauma. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a difficult part, especially if you were like me and you were, I don't want to say normal, but you were going about your daily life, you know, mm -hmm. um, and you were able to do a lot more things then now you come out of this situation that you didn't ask for to be in. <laughs> you come out of it and it's a part of like, it's like anger's there. Um, yeah. Sadness is there. Like I was just working out before we got on this and like some workouts that I was able to do before my accident. Now I can't do because my lower back will start hurting. And, it, and that's when that frustration starts because I know where that pain comes from because I've never had that pain before. Mm -hmm. And it starts bringing back flashbacks. So it's kind of like every time you get pain, in your neck, shoulder, wherever your injuries were, it flashes back. As much as you don't want to remember what happens, that traumatic mm -hmm. episode, even though you don't have, I know, I don't know for you, but for me, I cannot remember what happened. Like I remember leaving my house that day, getting on my bike, riding the same route I rode throughout the pandemic. And I, then it skips over, it gets blurry. And then I remember ending up in the hospital. So it's like, it's just, it irritates me sometimes because I, I think like, what if I would have been on the sidewalk? But no, I was in the bike lane and that's what bike lanes are for. What if I didn't go out that day? What if I like I just start thinking all these things through my head and then it starts like you're kind of like traumatizing yourself. <laughs> you're you're mm -hmm. you're beating yourself up for something that you had no control over, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely. Oh, I relate. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it is a good thing or not. I remember pretty much everything. Um, and I don't recommend that. <laughs> by, which, by which I mean, like I, I was uh, crossing, uh, you know, a street, crossing on a crosswalk. And I, I was supposed to be crossing at that time. So it's on the crosswalk. Uh, like you said, you were in your bike lane where, we, where you were supposed to be. And I was on the crosswalk where I was supposed to be. And then, you know, this person, I guess, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the, they were in a rush. I don't know what was going on, but they turned a corner and um, hit me, right? And so I remember, um, you know, like going up in the air, I remember coming down and, and hitting the bonnet of the car and then hitting the street. I remember that. Like I said, I don't, I don't recommend being able to remember stuff yeah. like that. Yes, I'm I sure you think understand. I want to remember that. Now that, now that you say it, like... I don't think I do want to remember. And I and I know um, when mm -hmm. I went to the therapist or doctor um, or the doctor and they both said that your brain, sometimes your brain cancels out things so that you don't remember it for a reason. Like it lets out like some type of like, I don't know, stuff in your brain to where like you don't remember that event. But then there's a part of you that, or there's a part of me sometimes that I, I want to remember yeah. in a way like I want to remember the person who helped me like I always say it was an angel like I remember their voice I don't remember what they look like. I don't even think my eyes were open I remember hearing them they basically called my mom on my phone so they used facial recognition to unlock my phone to mm. call my mom they stayed long enough to give a police report until this day that was almost two years ago I cannot get in contact with this lady and so I'm like, man, that's crazy. And they were the only witness. They're the only person that saw it. 
Wow. Um, yeah, it's it ooh, gives me chills thinking about deep. it. Like there's walking angels on this earth. <laughs> you know, like. There are, there are. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was actually this is, you know, year years ago now, um in in Barbados, I was actually involved in another accident. Um, and th- this was just me. I, I, you know, had been basically working too hard and fell asleep at the wheel. Oh, wow. And yeah, and ran off the road. And this is like at dead of night, you know, I had been working, I worked at a, at a hotel and I had been working double shifts for a while. I was just exhausted. And so heading home after the late shift, fell asleep um, at the wheel and, you know, ran off the road, car flipped, the whole, whole nine. And long story short, this is, getting to what you were speaking about related to what you're speaking about, about angels. And so it was one of these like long straight roads where like if something was coming, you'd be able to see it like from a distance. Yeah. And I swear to you, a car popped out, out of nowhere. That's all I could say. Right. I saw mm-hmm. two headlights all of a sudden approaching. This person got out and um, drove me home. And to this day, I don't know who that person is. You know, and I asked them, I said, you know, would you mind telling me your name? Because I would, you know, obviously I wasn't in a state at that time. Yeah. But, you know, I would like to be able to thank you later on. And, you know, he said, there's absolutely no need to thank me. I just want to make sure that you get home okay. And I have never been able to find them, you know, but absolutely an angel. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's crazy. And that, yeah. That's crazy that you had a story from when you were just tired and exhausted. I feel like we've all worked those shifts where we're just tired and we're just ready to get home. Mm. We're in a hurry. And I remember I used to work at the airport and that's about 45 minutes. Um, and I got off at like 930 and there's three stoplights. And I know this route, like I could probably close my eyes and drive it. So I'm driving, stopping at one stoplight. Cool. Go to the next one. Cool. The third one I stop at, I'm just ready to go. The highway is like right there. And so the light turns green. And mm. before I can take my foot off the uh, the brake, a car blows through the intersection. I think they're going the wrong way and hits the car right next to me and flips it. So the one that was on the left side of me, because I was closest to where they were coming from. If I would have went, I would have been the one that would have been the car like that got flipped. But the truck ended up like I saw everything happen and when I say like I just was just screaming and I was trying to tell 911 what was going on I was like it was supposed to be me like that was supposed to be me like and it was like there you go that guilt where it's like that was supposed to happen like God saved me like I was supposed to be the one that flipped over not this truck because I was right there and if I would have just went like if I didn't pause for like two seconds I would have been the one. And who knows if I would have lived because, like I said, the truck, it was a a pickup truck and it flipped over like twice because the mm. car was coming down at least 60 or 70 miles per hour. And I was like, man, <laughs> like these are the things that make you value just life itself. Yeah. Like I yeah. was given a second. This was before my accident. I was giving a chance. So I was like, cool, go about your day. Then the accident happened. It's like, all right, I was given another chance. <laughs> like, I got to do something different this time. Well, I so relate. It's so interesting how, and this is why I just love, um, even though I'm introverted, I, I do love meeting, um, meeting certain people, right? And meeting interesting people and getting to know them because it's so interesting to me how similar are your experiences and mine are right because yeah. i do remember i remember when the first accident happened like i said when i flipped the car and i remember thinking because when, when my mom went the next day to look at what was left of the car she couldn't even figure out how i had gotten out of the car in the first place like it was flattened oh, right wow. and so it's definitely i can relate to when you said okay you know um you know, in some ways I shouldn't be here right now. Mm-hmm. Right. I shouldn't be here anymore. Um, you know, it, it quote unquote was, was supposed to be my time and I'm still here. So what am I going to do with my life? And, you know, then life went on. And so then, you know, the more recent um, accident happened and I thought, all right, Lise, this is the second time, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is the second time because people have, um, you know, the, the kinds of, injuries that I have, and I, I do have injuries, right? Uh, long, long term. Um, but 
because I literally was 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 hit similarly to you, it could have been so much worse. Yeah. Right? It could have been so much worse. And so, yeah, it definitely makes you uh, pause and say, all right, what am I supposed, this is twice now, what am I supposed to be doing with my life that I have been spared to do? Mm-hmm. Right? And it definitely, I mean, not... Not every single day that I mean, though, that would be ideal, but you sort of feel, okay, well, there is a greater meaning to your life and what you're supposed to be doing. And you try to put that front and center, keep that, keep that as your focus because uh, you have been spared, you have been spared. And so it's imperative to do something positive to sow seeds of positivity into the world. Even if, even if for, you know, the two of us, part of that might be, yeah, we're going to put out posts on LinkedIn that are going to, that are going to test people. Yeah. Cause that's all part of it. Yeah. And I, and I agree. And that's how we come out of these things stronger. And then it makes you start thinking like, what is my purpose? What am, what was I kept on earth for? What was I here for? Cause I could have, we could have been taken out twice, but we're here, you know, and who knows if there's a third, I pray to God that there's not a third, but you may not make it through whatever may happen that third chance. Like, and so I was like, I'm, I'm healthy. Uh, my body aches sometimes um when and I and I love to use the phrase like it feels like I got hit by a car and I shouldn't like that but it literally like that's how it feels like it feels and I don't think anybody understands unless you've been in an accident where there's nothing around you where it's a different type of accident where when you a car to car accident that's totally different than your body and you're getting hit by a thousand pound car going my car was going 40 miles per hour that hit me. So I'm pretty sure, like I always say, like, I'm pretty sure the car dragged me because I had road burn all over my body. Uh, I didn't break anything, but I feel like I should have broke something the way like my body felt after like uh, the burning this, um, like the back, the neck problems where I can't sleep a certain way because of my neck. I had to have four spinal injections. And I don't know if you've ever had spinal injections, but those aren't fun. They hurt and nothing worked. So I got to the point where I stopped going to doctors because every time I would go to a doctor, it would seem like they were not doing anything for me or they wouldn't want to touch me or they would just want to give me narcotics. And there was a point where I was taking narcotics to go to sleep because my thoughts just, I already have bad anxiety, but that just upped it. And so I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. And so it's like those things, but nobody would ever know because I would get up in the morning uh, off of one or two hours of sleep and I would go clock in, log on, do whatever I do, like nothing ever happened. You know, and there's a time when you have to just say like, I have issues that have yet to be dealt with and I need to deal with those because I'm going to break out. I'm going to break down. And then I feel like that's where burnout happens too. It's a combination of you're dealing with stuff personally and now you add work onto it, which a lot of us use work as a distraction. But we haven't dealt with what's really going on inside, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if part of that, uh, like I said, I mean, the the experiences that we've both been through uh, are not tied to race, but I feel like if, I wonder at least if some of the post um, events of those experiences might be tied to race. And I say that because you know, there is such a thing as the strong black woman syndrome. Mm-hmm. Some of it, some of it is imposed upon us. And I wonder if sometimes, because we know that is what is expected, if we impose that on ourselves, like if mm-hmm. we don't, like, you know, we feel, okay, I'm not going to get, get help anyway. So I just have to, Deal I just have it. to push my way through it. I mean, for me, I, I definitely remember going back to work a few days after, again, like like you said, you know, you're, you've been hit by a car and it, it changes your life. I think, I, I mean, I was in shock for months after that, to be honest, but I don't think I knew it at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to work and it was so, it was just so harmful because the people acted, not all of them, but most of them, like if nothing had happened, mm-hmm. they acted like nothing had happened. The person that I was, retur- that I was reporting to, came over to my desk, didn't ask me anything, just literally came with a pile of work and said, uh, here's what I was handling while you were out. And I was like, what? 
Right. Like, now, and, are you okay? Are you sure no, you're supposed to be here? Right. There's none, none, none of that. It was just the most um, inhumane, uh, just, just evil. Um, w- one of the most evil experiences I've, I've ever been uh, exposed to. And so I knew I'm like, wow, you're not going to get any help. You're not going to get any support. And so therefore you have to be strong. You have to hold it together and you hold it together, but in such an unhealthy way. Yeah, It's it's sort of like you're part of the, the analogy, but like you've stitched yourself up, mm-hmm. but you know, you're, you're not a surgeon. So, you know, these stitches aren't, aren't going to hold, mm-hmm. right? Those stitches are going to break at one, at some point and, and, you know, you might have a breakdown because uh, you have not dealt with all of the, you have not dealt with the trauma. You are not in a place where you feel, where you feel safe, right? You're not in a place where you trust the medical community to take care of you uh, in an appropriate way. And like you need to, and I mean, part of healing is being able to feel safe and relaxed enough to be able to pay attention to your healing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's crazy. My therapist, she, she went out like our first therapy session. I was just talking about different things in my life. And I was like, I hate that I feel this way, blah, blah, blah. And I kept saying that. And towards the end of the conversation, she said, I just want to address, you know, something that I've been hearing you say a lot, um, that you hate the feelings you have. And she goes, a lot of us, especially black women, we ignore these feelings. And she goes, it's okay to feel. You're supposed to feel. <laughs> and what you're feeling is valid. You know, if you're upset because A, B, and C happen, that's okay. You're okay for feeling that way, you know, or happy because it's happened. It's okay to be happy. You know, even if it was just a short amount of time, you're allowed to be happy. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be frustrated. Like you're allowed to feel this way. And that's something that I'm still working on is like, I'm sorry. Like I'm, I, I'm quick to say I'm sorry. Like, and it's like, no, you don't have to be sorry because you canceled something because you don't feel well. You know, you don't have yeah. to be sorry because you don't want to turn your camera on today because you're not in the camera ready. Like you're not ready to be on camera today. Like you don't want to be on camera, but you're here. You know, you, it took everything in you to get up and get on this computer. So no, you don't have to be on camera because you're still, you know, in the meeting. And so like just certain things like that, where I'm quick to say, if I feel like I did something wrong and really I probably didn't do anything wrong. I'm quick to just be like, my bad. I'm sorry. And so I'm trying not to say I'm sorry that much anymore because I'm really probably not sorry about what I'm, what, what I did or what I've done. It's probably, I did it for a reason and that reason is probably valid. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I, I suffer from, from that, say from sorry syndrome as well. (laughs) Right. And I mean, I'm sure, you know, ne- neither you nor I have a, 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 you know, a psychology degree, but I'm sure that that is also rooted in some kind of trauma, possibly connected to our childhoods, you know, mm, but that, yeah. that, that's as far as I can go with it, um, you know, I, without being, without having uh, some kind of certification in it. But I definitely, I say sorry all the time. And then I feel um, I get a little angry at myself for saying sorry, because like you said, am I actually sorry? Or am I just, am I, am I literally apologizing for existing right now? Because that doesn't even make any sense. You yeah. know, um, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be able to advocate for yourself. You're supposed to be able to uh, put yourself first, be loving towards yourself, care for yourself, empathize for, for you right mm-hmm. and and with and with yourself and you should be able to do that unapologetically you know but again so many of us have been raised and socialized to put everybody else first mm-hmm. that it really um it almost feels uncomfortable yeah. to be loving towards yourself mm-hmm. it feels uncomfortable and that's yeah. that's kind of sad yeah it it is and that's that's a thing being selfish like mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, a lot of people are like, you're not selfish for doing things for yourself. And I, it's not selfish. Like you, we have to take care of ourselves before we take care of anybody else. But I think that's also that black woman persona is that we want to give, give, give everything out. And a lot of times we're not getting back what we're giving. So Ooh. our cup like drains and now we're just like okay I have nothing left and I I've come through time or I've been through times and thought about like who am I <laughs> you know like I gave so much of myself 
away? What parts do I still have of myself? Like what parts are, are still here? Because I gave so much of it and I didn't get these pieces back. So I think like I'm going through this time now where it's about me. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. If I want to buy something, I'm going to buy it. If I don't want to answer my phone and I want my phone to be on do not disturb for two days, that's what's going to happen because nobody's going to really care if something happens to me besides, you know, my family and people who care about me. But we get so busy throughout the days and weeks that we don't even check up on each other, you know. So it's like, how would you know if somebody's really not doing okay? If you're, you know, focused on something else and all that stuff. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but it makes sense. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It made sense. Um, And I think that's why I've noticed, you know, every now and then you'll post, you'll post something on LinkedIn specifically about mental health um, or just share how you're feeling or what you are going through or have been through. And I do the same. It's partly because like, I want people to be aware, like, you know, all this stuff about, you know, it's okay not to be okay and check in with people and, you know, be kind. And, you know, those are really short, pithy uh, little infographics to to put up on on social media. But okay, how are you actually living that out? Mm -hmm. Right? How are you living that out? Are you in fact checking on people? Because the average person is really struggling. Are you checking on people? Are you sort of dealing with people in a reciprocal manner. For me, reciprocity is key, right? Mm -hmm. And so absolutely, um, you know, make sure that your relationships are are balanced and that, yeah, it's okay to put things into pour to pour into other people, but make sure that other people are pouring back into you as well. And if they are not, then goodbye. (laughs) I mean that that's that's me and that is years. I mean I am I am a serial overgiver again, probably rooted in trauma. But here we are. You know, it, it, it is kind of who I am, right? Um, and so, I don't mind, you know, giving, helping, supporting, sharing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But sometimes you do it to the point where, like you said, is there anything else left uh, for me? And part of the, you know, the rooting out of the the trauma and transcending from trauma into being more healthy and having healthier ways of dealing with yourself and with others is advocating for, Hey, you know, um, Lonnie needs something. Lisa needs something. Are you guys able to, to help us with this? Are you able to be here for me? Are you able to support me in this manner? Here's what I need from you. Are you able to, to deliver on that and being unashamed to ask, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Being unashamed to ask and then and then take note of people because some people will absolutely be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And others will be like, oh, I only <laughs> like you when you're, you know, being when you're happy. I only like this one side of you. Yeah. Right. This other side, I'm just going to back away until you're back to, you know, this only this one dimension of you that I feel comfortable around. And it's crazy that you said to ask for help. <laughs> and I don't know if you're like me. But I don't like asking for help because I feel like that's me being vulnerable, right? So hear me out. So if you're asking somebody, hey, I need your help, now you're letting them into whatever may be going on. So that may be like, I need your help doing X, Y, Z. And, you know, of course, they may be like, why? And now you have to express, you know, this is why, because I can't do this, this, this. But now you're counting on somebody to do something for you. And it's like, okay, they could do it or they couldn't do it. Or what if they don't do it my way? Um, What if they do it away? And I don't like it. Like I start having all these thoughts through my head once again about like, you know, I could ask them for help, but these things could go wrong. Not ever like, what if they just do the job that I asked them to do? (laughs) It's the right thing to do. Uh, The right thing. Like they actually do it correctly. It's always like, what if they don't do it? Or what if they try to use this against me because I helped them? Like things like that is just the things that go through my head on a daily basis. And I'm learning like, okay, it's okay to ask people for help and, you know, raise your hand and you don't have to take on all these tasks or all these responsibilities by yourself. You don't know everything. You know, you cannot do everything. There's not enough time in the day. And if there was more time, we would probably fill it up with other stuff that we shouldn't be doing anyways. So Mm -hmm. I'm learning to be open, but still be kind of cautious in a way, if that makes sense. 
Well, you know, I, that makes complete sense. And that's where I am as well. It is absolutely, I, I advocate asking for help. I, and I, and I have asked for help. Is it easy? Absolutely not. <laughs> but, but, but I know, but I know it's the healthier way to approach things. I know it's the healthier way to approach things. So even though it is not my nature or my instinct, I try to go against that because I know it's better for me to at least put myself out there and ask for help. Now, I, like I said, I pay close attention, especially to people who are professed, oh, I'm going to be there and I'm, you know, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see how these actions play out after all these words. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And so I, have I, uh, have I asked people for help and then had them let me down? Absolutely. Several times. And it, you know, it, it never, it never feels good. Right. But then that's just a lesson to me. Okay. This is not the person. This is the person to either, you know, distance yourself from or, you know, if you want to go out and have a quick cup of coffee and just, you know, talk about the Kardashians or whatever, that's that person. It's not that person that you can rely on kind of, you know, when the when the rubber hits the road and things get serious. Mm-hmm. That's not that person. But I have I I know the people in my life who are the ones that I can a hundred percent rely on without even having to ask a question. Now, it's a small circle. You know, I like to say my circle of, of people is a dot, right? Right. But my dot is extremely reliable and I know that they're there for me. Every now and then I test, you know, I test a couple of new people. And honestly speaking, in I would say about 85, 90% of cases, they're, they're going to let you down. But there's also, you know, there's also 10, 15% of cases where they more than deliver and, they, and they're there for you. And then you're like, okay, maybe I'll expand the dot a little bit. No, and, and I, I love that, that you have such a small circle, not even a circle, a dot. That's how I am. It's like, I always say that I am the most loyal friend that you can ever have. Like when I, I don't take friendships lightly. I look at everybody that I talk to or have a personal conversation with, that's us creating a bond, right? And so I want that bond to be strong and I don't ever want to have to us to pull apart and I still have a piece of you with that bond, you know, because any every interaction you have with somebody, you're creating something. It could be just like regardless of if it's just how's your day going? Okay, now you're invested in that person if they do tell you how their day's going. And what if they say something that's just really just crazy off the wall and now you're getting emotional about this? Or it could be something like our conversation where it's like we're talking about personal things that you wouldn't really talk about, you know, if you were just passing somebody at Kroger. You wouldn't just be like, hey, I got hit by a car. Just letting you know. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't do that. Like we're building connections. Um, and I'm super genuine about every connection that I have. Um, and I don't like everybody to just be have a piece of my life or be inside of my life. Because that's, once again, me opening up and allowing you to have access to me. And I don't like that. Because I feel like some people can manipulate if they have access to you. They can use it the wrong way. They can treat you wrong or they can, you know, use things against you. And so I'm like just really picky. But for the good friends that I do have, I probably have maybe five friends that I can really say are my genuine best friends um, that I can call at one o'clock in the morning and they would answer. And so I feel like that that's like setting those boundaries in a way with with strangers or with people that you know, like you get this gut feeling when somebody isn't a good person. At least, do you get that feeling? Like, I know I can tell right off the back, like, yeah, this person's, this person doesn't have good intentions or this person might not be good for me. I frequently, not, not always, it's not an infallible instinct, but it is, it is pretty good where I can tell pretty early on, okay, this um, interaction is not going to go well or this, like you said, this this friendship is not actually is going to be one sided, or whatever it happens to be, and you do get an instinct every now and then, um, you know, because we're we're all human. Every now and then, the instinct will misguide me, shall we say? And so, you know, you have you have to be be careful of that. But again, I'm co- I'm constantly evaluating and reevaluating and reevaluating and learning, right? And so you never stop that that process of learning, right? Mm-hmm. And I absolutely am like, okay, well, my instincts told me X, Y, Z about this person. Um, let me let me sort of withhold a piece of myself and see how this plays out. Usually it's going to play out exactly how I thought. Occasionally it plays out differently. But 
I mean, I think that we all have those instincts for a reason. Like we're supposed to let them guide us. We're supposed to let them guide us. And we're and the truth is also that we're not supposed to be close to everyone. Uh, we're, we're not supposed to be close to everyone. We're not every every interaction, every relationship, every friendship is not supposed to be at the same level. It's not supposed to be necessarily lifelong, you know. Uh, you know, these things, some people are in your lives for a reason and some, you know, for a season and for mm -hmm. a reason and yada, yada. And that is absolutely true. And you have to be, you have to get to the point where you're okay with that. Okay with knowing, okay, well, people at work, some people at work uh, might become your friends and be genuine. Mm -hmm. But the likelihood is that most people at work will not. Yeah. And that's okay. You can't, you cannot be friends with, I don't know if you have a hundred people in your office, you can't be friends with all hundred peop yeah. people, pick two, <laughs> pick yeah. two and move on and hope that, I hope that it works out. Yeah. And not everybody's going to like you, you know, yes, and, and be okay with that. And, yeah. And I think a lot of us are like, we got caught up in, especially when it comes to work, we want to just please people. So like, maybe we could get that next promotion or maybe we can be seen or this, that, and the other. And I'm a firm believer. I don't kiss ass. And so it's like, here. I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to do what I need to do. And if they don't see my potential, I'm going to shoot up the deuces and be like, okay, somebody sees my potential. Um, and it's crazy. Like you said, like a, any friendship relationship could just be a season. Jobs can just be a season. Anything yeah. can really just be a season that you're in, testing it out, seeing. And then when things happen in your life, it's like, oh, time to readjust. This season has ended. And I think I've come to the terms with Lately, I feel like I've been losing a lot of friends or I haven't been talking to a lot of people that I used to once talk to because I feel like I'm doing different things and just we're not aligning at the moment. And mm. it's crazy because I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what tape do I need to put in on there to bring us back together? It's just not right now. Not to say that in a couple months or maybe a year down the line, we won't be back where we were. Um, but right now it's like, we are we aren't at the same place. You're doing yeah. what you're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> it happens. There's no bad feeling, no bad taste there. But it's just like, are these people draining you, or are these people adding to you? And I've gotten to the point Ooh. where if you drain me, I gotta let you go. Yeah, yeah. Because again, especially, I mean, that's on an energetic level that is on a like spiritual emotional mental level on all the levels right anybody who is draining you and your resources and your energy is not good for you and the quicker that you can that one is able to analyze and assess okay this person might not have my best interests at heart or this person is just here like I, I am sure that you have people who are trying to be close to you. Like you know, your your I know you hate the um, the term influencer. <laughs> your 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 shall we say your sphere of influence is growing, right? Yeah, your sphere of influence is growing, and I a hundred percent know, right? You don't have to tell me. I know there are people who are like trying to like jump in, you know, like double dutch, right? Yeah, and and be, you know, be close to you now and whatever. But it's like okay. Are they inspired by you and are they trying to add or are they just like, let me try and get some of this shine for myself? Yeah. And there's a difference and you can feel it, you know, you can yeah. absolutely feel it. You can. Um, and that's another way that I've been learning to protect my mental health, protect those boundaries. Because at first I was growing this, this following on, you know, LinkedIn, the platform that we use all the time. And I was growing it at a rate where it was like, this is crazy, you know, like people, and it kind of like gives you a feeling where it's like, okay, I'm doing something right. People like me, this, that, and the other. I have like this inquisition. I feel popular, you know? Um, and so I had to step back. Like these literally are just internet people. Like there's people like you and others that I feel connected that I talk to outside of this platform. But then there's people that will just message me and say, hey, can I talk to you? Hey, can I do this? Hey, can I? It's never just a, hey, how are you doing? How's your day going? Are you good? How's your mental health? It's never that. It's always, hey, or my favorite is when people will just pour their problems onto you. I've had so many long messages from people that they're literally sharing their life story from like their whole autobiography 
is in my DM. And it, I, I read some of them, but a lot of them, I'm like, if I read all these, I would be in a depression because some of y'all's lives are just like, oh my, like what? How did you feel so comfortable to come to me? A stranger, you don't even know me. Like, what if I was crazy? And you're telling me <laughs> your your whole life. And I don't know if you probably get these story twos where people use, you'll post something and here they are with this paragraph. And I'm like, nobody has time to read that. And you might want to find you a therapist, you know, because I can't, I can't take that on. I don't want to even take that on. Like what I, the first two sentences drained me and I don't like that. And so I don't, I don't know. It's people are, I'm not even going to call them weird because that's not weird, but people just, once again, you don't know what's going on in somebody's life. Like, and you're just adding to maybe they're going through a depression. Now you put your sob story in there and now, you know, that added to their depression, you know, now, or maybe you say, or maybe their situation may be worse, or you may think their situation is worse than yours. And now you're, you know, downplaying your own situation. You're like, there's just so many things that could go through somebody's head when they're reading other people's problems. And so that was my rant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, good, good rant. I love a good rant. You know, um, pe- people do need to be, I wish that more people were mindful of, like you said, what, okay, when I communicate this, am I potentially burdening this other person? Right. But again, as you and I have said many a time, a lot of people don't care. <laughs> they do not care. They're like, yeah, I'm absolutely 100% going to burn to burden this person because I just want to, I just want to transfer this energy off of me right now. It might not actually be a conscious thought process, right? They may not say, yeah, I'm just going to dump this um, on Lisa right now, but essentially that's what, that's what they do. Right. But some people are energy vampires that way. Mm -hmm. Right. There are some people who, are genuinely, I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, I saw your post about mental health. Do you happen to have XYZ resources or can you point me in a specific direction? Now, even though a part of me wants to say, there's Google, which is what I'm going to use to provide this answer to you. But, you know, I don't want to be, (laughs) I don't want to be that person, right? But I, I do realize that sometimes people are, you know, I've been in a bad place where, yeah, I'm, I, Something might be Googleable, but I might not even think of it at that time. So yeah. I completely understand. So for something like that, I absolutely will use Google and provide an answer if I can, because I can tell this person is genuinely, they might be in a bad place, right? And, you know, you don't ever want to sort of add to potentially they're feeling abandoned or feeling alone and so on and so forth. So that's one thing, but there are absolutely people that you can tell they're, uh, they're basically just trying to be extractive and they're trying to siphon your energy and your, your soul (laughs) out of your body. And at least that's what it feels like to me. It's like, please I can feel you pulling on my energy and I'm cutting this off right now. You know, and I just, I will, I will, Often for certain things, I will not respond. I will de- delete or archive the chat. So I don't even want to look at it. I do yeah, not want to look at it. I don't want to see it. Yeah, no. And that goes to like, I was going to ask you like, how's your mental health doing? And how do you protect the state of your mental health? Well, and thank you for asking because a lot of people don't ask, right? A lot of people don't ask. And so thank you for asking that in that very specific way, uh, because that is better, I think, than asking a general, how are you doing? Yeah. Right? Because you can say, how are you doing? People can say, fine, and then you move on, but they could be <laughs> falling apart, right? Yeah. So how is my mental health? Um, I would say it has been fluctuating. It has been fluctuating. Uh, Today is a better day than I have been having recently. Um, Like you, I sometimes get migraines. I'm I'm kind of on the, in the middle of like a a four day battle with a migraine (laughs) right now. Uh, So that of course has not helped the, the, you know, the whole mental health thing, but generally speaking, um, it's fluctuating, but it's more up than down. Um, and so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to finish answering the question and then I'm going to ask you the same question. So the other, the other part of the answer is 
what do I do to support mental health? At least I think that's what you asked, right? Yeah. Right, right. Okay. So what do I do to support it is, uh, first of all, make sure that I, it's something very basic, right? Nutrition helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, we, we, we want some sort of magic bullet, right? And there, and I guess maybe there are magic bullets out there, but honestly, making sure that you're eating properly and eating at the right times and that you're eating the right kinds of foods helps a lot. Mm-hmm. When for me, if I let myself, um, if I let myself get too hungry, if I eat, um, you know, foods that are not healthy for me, then that absolutely affects my mental health. So just trying to, to, to eat properly. And then just the act of knowing that you have, um, well, either ordered or prepared something healthy for yourself is an act of self-love that affirms you and helps you to feel better. So basic, uh, good nutrition, uh, where possible, making sure that I am in contact with my, with my dot, <laughs> right? With my small circle of people. And that, uh, which is something that I think you mentioned, anybody that is not in support of me being uh, my best self and feeling my best self has got to go. And I will absolutely slice them right out of my life. <laughs> Yeah. So what about you? How is your mental health doing? I think it's doing kind of like you, um, doing better. You know, some mm-hmm. days are better than others. Today, uh, <laughs> I woke up and my whole left eye was swollen for some mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I have allergic reaction or something. I'm like, you know what? Today's still going to be a good day, even though my eye is probably like shut closed and I can barely see out of it. Um, but I took some Benadryl and then I went and worked out, which is probably crazy, but I went and worked out and I enjoyed my workout and I feel better. So I think like yours is, you know, eating healthy, but doing things that just make me happy. So working out, um, I started walking uh, with my mom every morning. And so I think like just going out and just feeling the weather, uh, hearing the noises, smelling the air, and I'm still trying to get over, uh, that, I have PTSD from streets now. So like when Mm. I'll just do exercises where I cross the street, you know, and I know that simple task of just walking down and you probably can understand just walking, you know, you hear, you can hear that I'm having PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just when I first, after my accident, the first time I got, cause I got a new bike. Cause I was like, I'm not going to let this, you know, take away something I enjoyed. And I got the bike and I stood at a stop sign for at least 15 minutes, did not cross the street, just stood there with my bike and cars were like, go, go. And I'm like, no, you can go. And I was just stood there because it's that fear of like, I have to get over this. Like I have to do it because I'm going to cross streets, you know, somewhere. If I go to New York, I got to cross the street. Uh, when I went to Seattle to visit my team, I had to cross a lot of crosswalks cause I was downtown. And so like I had to get over that. So it's just an everyday thing. And just like, now when I'm walking, I walk away from cars. I won't walk where they're coming towards me. I'll walk where my back is faced. And like I can feel the how fast they're going Like by like the wind. You know, like when a car is close to you, you can just feel like I can feel yeah. it. And I can feel my heart beating because it's like, oh, my gosh. And it's like I'm trying to get over this phobia now that I think I have of, you know, of just always feeling like somebody's going to hit me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or even when mm-hmm. I'm driving in a car and like a car will swerve or something like that out, my heart will start beating fast. So it's like I have this thing with cars. And so just trying to, in quotations, get back to this normal life that I had before all this stuff happened. Um, And so that was a long answer, but um, just doing things that make me happy. If I want to go shopping on a random Saturday morning, um, I do that. If I want to watch a movie, I do that. If I want to read a book, I do like, I do what I want. Um, nowadays because life is really short and it's too short to just not do what you want to do, um, especially if if it's something that makes you happy. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm glad that you brought up uh, about doing things that make you happy because that is so important. And, you know, if I find myself sort of sitting at home, just like going, just not in a positive direction, even something like... Um, just watching some stand-up comedy or just something lighthearted, right? To sort of distract your brain 
from going down a, a dark path mm-hmm. or an unwanted path like that that can help as well and to your point about you know the the PTSD whoo to, to this day and you know my my accident was less recent than yours right but so but to this day there are still times where you know I'll be at a crosswalk and be like oh my gosh they're gonna hit me they're gonna hit me they're gonna hit me they're gonna hit me <laughs> you know? yeah. it doesn't happen as frequently as it used to um, and I am able to sort of separate myself like I can tell uh, okay, Lisa, this is just your mind kind of like playing a trick on you. That is absolutely not going to happen. And I, I cross the street. I probably, you know, I hopefully don't look like I'm having a moment. Right? <laughs> oh, I hope I don't. Um, but, you know, I, I have the moment internally and, you know, but I cross the street because I have to get to my house or wherever it is I'm going. But uh, yeah, there are times where I'll be crossing the street and I have to like dig my fingernails into my palm. And it, like tell myself, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Right. And that, that still happens, but you know what? We, we, um, we have survived, right. We have survived. And I would say we're not just survivors, but we, we're thriving, yeah. right. We are thriving in spite of what we have been through. And, um, and I think that's one of the big takeaways here is that there is life, I was going to say there's life after trauma, but it's sort of like the trauma is always there with you or the effects mm-hmm. thereof, but you can still, you can still be happy and live a good, positive, fulfilling, uh, amazing life, even though you have been affected by a traumatic experience or several. Yeah. And it's how you come out of it. You know, yeah. uh, we could be just sobbing and being sorry for ourselves, but I've never been that person where I just stay down for a long time. Um, and I always, I'm like, life goes on, you know, a situation happened. It wasn't a good one, but it made you stronger at the end of the, end of the day. And who's to know, like, who's to say that if those things wouldn't have happened to us, what we have been the people that we are today. Um, and exactly. so I think my whole life went, did a 180 and I, I believe I have a good life, <laughs> you know, like I, I feel good majority of the time. Um, and like, I never imagined this life that I'm living at the moment, but it's a good one. You know, it's something that, like I said, if my, if I didn't have that accident, I wouldn't be, you know, recruiting and I wouldn't be able to influence and help people get jobs. Like I wouldn't be there. I would be doing something else where I may have felt stagnant or who knows where I would have been, but I'm glad that I, it drove me through that time of healing and the same time, it, I found a different career path. I found how I can help others that are going through the same thing. Like I literally found who I am through this experience. That's absolutely beautiful. That is beautiful. Um, for me, a part of what changed for me, like I, I mentioned the experience of like going back to the office and, you know, just that that lack of um, empathy and, and caring and so on. It, it actually, though, of course, it did not feel good at the time. I'm not going to pretend that it did, right? Obviously, yeah. that was that was trauma on top of the physical trauma that had been that had been through. But the great thing was that it helped me focus more on myself. And as you put it, like building a life, what is the life that you want? What is your purpose? Mm-hmm. And even though Again, you know, life life is not linear. So yes, there sometimes you make progress forward, sometimes you regress a bit, but in general, it did change the path of my life and it changed it changed my focus uh, to okay, focus on purpose, focus on how can you not only make your life better, but how can you in some ways be of service to others as well is yeah. key, right? And yeah, so overall I would say I, I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm so happy that I was hit by a car. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Uh, but I can see that absolutely. I agree with you. I am in some ways a better person for having had that experience. And you can't, if I'm happy with who I am now, that means I have to also be happy with that experience because that helped inform who I am now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And now we're just out here being the light. <laughs> we're out here right? being, and just giving back and, um, you know, just speaking our truth is what, what I like to say. Like, this is who I am. This is the person I am. That's why I always say I'm not, I'm not perfect. Um, and I'm every day, I'm just trying to make it and I'm just trying to figure it out, um, and make the most of, you know, 
every day because no day is promised. So just trying to make every day worth it. Amen to that. I have I have nothing more to add. That, that's it. I feel exactly <laughs> the same way. Exactly the same. And on that note, <laughs> no, I really appreciate you um, talking with me and opening up and being vulnerable and trusting me. Um, and then also sharing your story with somebody who's listening. I know there's a lot of people that have these type of situations that it may not be you getting into, you know, an accident, but you are, you're dealing with something and you just don't know how to express it. Um, and so I hope if you're listening, this gives you, you know, you feel like, you know, you're not alone. Like there's people every day going through the same thing. Um, and you just got to find a way, you just got to have an outlet and find that thing that makes you happy. And, um, it's not easy. Trust me, me and Lisa are both going through it, but it's just what you make of it. So, Thank you again, Lisa, uh, for joining me. It was a pleasure. I know we probably have more topics that we can cover. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, And then to everyone, like I always say, thank you for everybody that's listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, review, and also please feel free to share with your network because we love to grow. Somebody needs to hear this. And today's music is by Uncle Jeff.